0: Someone once told me the grass is
1: much greener We have a lot of cool stuff planned for season three.
2: Being proud of who you are no matter what you do.
1: You definitely see the characters progress a lot more. They start growing up.
2: I think Ginger and Darren are endgame.
1: It is a masterpiece of an episode.
2: Oh, it's the cattiest moment in the history of television.
1: Trust me, everybody has been excited for our thoughts on it. Who's the girl in the pink Capri? It's Courtney, it's Courtney! Hello, everyone! Welcome to We're In Between, the podcast that discusses about every single episode of As Told by Ginger once a week. Last week, we did our Season 2 recap, discussing about our favorite episodes, looking back on Season 2 as a whole, comparing this to Season 1, and our predictions for this particular season. So we did it, everybody, that we have completed two-thirds of the series, and we're going to be kicking things off with our second TV movie called Far From Home, or Foutley's on Ice. It debuted on August 19th. 2003, and it was written by Emily Kapnick. In this episode, Miranda and Mipsy pay off the board members of Avalanche Arts Academy to accept Ginger for a semester term, and later decide to have Ginger away for good. With Ginger out of the picture, Miranda and Mipsy figure that they could get more attention from Courtney. When Ginger arrives at the school, Mipsy's cousin Mitzi, referring to herself as Thea, has the job to make Ginger feel welcome and convince her to stay full-time. Meanwhile, Darren starts developing feelings for Ginger. Also, Courtney decides that she needs to spend as much time with Dodie and Macy to try to soak up every last bit of ginger, but her plans change when he, when she discovers Miranda and Mipsy's scandal. In the meantime, Carl becomes jealous when he thinks Hoodsy and Noel like each other while they enter Noel in a freak show competition because of her telekinetic powers. This is one of two of the movies that were featured on DVD. One we'll be discussing about at the end of the podcast, but as of right now, as told by Ginger has never been released on DVD. This movie has been alongside with a handful of episodes. Let's see how it compares to Summer of Camp Caprice, and hopefully it'll be better!
2: (laughs) I'll just say right off the bat that for me it was significantly better. And I didn't hate Camp Caprice either.
1: Yeah, I'm the only one. But then anyway, the episode begins at Avalanche Arts Academy where a group of teachers are discussing about how 25 students have entered in to see if they can be able to you know, have a chance to be um, attending a semester over at the Academy. And the first person that they look at is Ginger. So the one thing I want to point out... For anybody who is interested, this is actually a continuation from And She Was Gone. The competition that Ginger actually participated in, one of them was actually entering into Avalanche Arts Academy and she submitted her poem for um, a chance to see if she can be able to attend a semester here. So it actually continues from And She Was Gone. I would have, I mean, I guess we could assume that And She Was Gone could have been the season two finale. And according to like various websites like the As Told by Ginger wiki and even um, to some extent like the watchcartoons.eu webpage um where we were seeing the episodes because we would love to buy them on dvd or itunes but they're not available they actually cited and she was gone as the season two finale and i guess it could have been had it not been for the fact that mrs gordon was still alive when uh, this when that episode came out and it would have been a little weird to have that with no hope for courtney
2: yeah that's true for i love pulling quotes you guys know that um The first quote that made me just go like, yes, thank you, was Darren sort of shaming Ginger's friends for being, is petty the right word? Yeah, they're being pretty petty at the beginning of this episode. They're acting like, you know, Ginger is selfish for wanting to leave them. And Darren says, this is a big opportunity for Ginger, and both of you should be behaving accordingly. It's just like, yes, thank you, Darren, spitting these these harsh truths. He's the only one being a good friend to her at the beginning.
1: Oh, yeah, because Dodie and Macy, they're so petty to Ginger saying, wait, you entered this competition? You're going to go into the school? But we're your friends. We've never been separated. It's like, come on. I mean, even right. even Darren says, uh, it says it to Ginger that, you know, her talents stretch beyond sheltered shrubs, and it's true.
2: Yep, yeah, of course. And another line that really devastated me. Ginger says, The strangest thing is when you finally get what you wished for, and then suddenly you're not sure if you want it anymore. And then you don't know what to wish for. It's just like, oh man, Ginger, you are just hitting me with these truth bombs lately.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yes. But the worst... The the, the person who's, like, supporting her the least is Dodie. She's incredibly jealous, and she's so... And, cr- and she's so petty to Ginger, saying like, "Oh, you don't deserve to be in this school, Ginger. It's not like you found the cure for the common cold. Was like, let her have a chance, Dody. Please, come on." Yeah,
2: pretty awful. And luckily, they do snap into it once Darren kind of yells at them.
1: No, I, I know. I understand that this, this was like two thousand three. So there, so there was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. And you know, cell phones were kind of limited back then, but, come I mean, you could, I mean, she's only gone for, like, a semester. It's only a few months. It's not like she's gonna be gone for the whole year, or maybe forever.
2: Yeah, no, it, I get that, yeah, like like, a semester feels like forever, but it really isn't, and I don't know. I'm not. I'm curious what you thought about Miranda and Mipsy as the main villains of this movie. Because I thought it was awesome. It's amazing. I,
1: I felt like, in my opinion, it was building up to this, especially with Mipsy, because we've seen Mipsy a handful of times in season two, and she even brought up the fact that. Um, when she was making the phone call to somebody in Avalanche Arts Academy saying, like, I sent you my b- mitzvah money. That was from the birthday party in Family Therapy. And we were calling Mipsy Diet Courtney or Courtney Light. And, we, you know, it's like, oh, she's yeah. so much like Courtney. And Miranda didn't really, like, pull off a lot of, like, dangerous schemes in Season 2 compared to, like, in Season 1 where in, you know, like, in, um, Ginger the Juvie in which she got Ginger arrested or Cry Wolf in which she was uh, willing to uh, let everybody know about Ginger's Frizzy Lizzy. So, yeah, we hadn't seen Miranda pull off, like, a nasty scheme in a while. So this is, like, their top-notch villainous schemes.
2: Props to Emily Kaepernick for building this so naturally over two seasons. That's hard to do with a show like this.
1: Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about next week about how their their schemes go even worse. So it definitely does feel like... With uh, you know, with Miranda never really liked Ginger, and we've been seeing her and we've been seeing Ginger and Courtney a lot more closer. So I mean, you know, throughout the series, like Mom and, like Mommy Nearest, in which Courtney was staying over at Lois at the at the Foutleys. Uh, and then, of course, there was, and she was gone. In which Courtney wanted to gain attention from Ginger because she was acting uh, really depressed, and she thought that oh, this is the new way of getting attention. So, and also troubling gal pal land, in which Miranda and Courtney had their argument, and you know uh, over Ginger. So I guess we can really see that Miranda feels really pressured in keeping the friendship with Courtney because. um... You know, Ginger has been getting really close with her.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. All the jealousy builds to this. But, okay, and I get that the Mipsons or whatever are really well connected. But I found this plot to be... I loved it. I thought it was really interesting. But it's certainly not realistic. Which I don't really mind. It doesn't have to be realistic. But I did find it interesting just how deep this conspiracy goes about getting Ginger into this program and keeping her there.
1: Yeah. So um, going over to Carl and Hoodsy's plot, so Carl is rubbing himself with chicken fat because he wants to prove that it it can protect him from the winter if he doesn't wear any clothes, and it turns out that it doesn't work. And so he wants to sign up for this crazy freak show competition for a prize, and then they decided that it wasn't going to work out. So then they find out that their friend Noelle Sussman from And Was Gone has telekinetic powers.
2: I am so happy we got Noelle again. She is truly becoming one of my favorite characters on this show. Her accent, whatever it is, cracks me up. It's, like, kind of Central European, like, German-ish, like, I, I don't know, just, like, her manner of speaking is so bizarre and, like, not from one place and really great
1: yeah and, and her mannerisms is just so funny too like when she's speaking yes. to carl over the phone and um you know when they're watching the really cheesy horror movie and when they're talking about the competition so yeah Noel is one of my favorite characters in the series she's so great and in season three she comes she becomes a lot more prominent and um you know we'll see the ups and downs between um, you know Noel and Carl. So uh, with Carl's case, he wants he's pretty much taking advantage of the fact that Noel has telekinetic powers, and she's pretty much treating Noel like a like a prize, like a possible prize for this competition, as opposed to like a like a human being. And it really gets Noel really irritated, and you know he does like a whole bunch of things to her she's not really buying it, and um you know we even we when, when they li- when they're standing in line for the competition to see if they can be able to join in, in the finals we even see Blake there and he claims to have a birthmark on his butt the shape of mother teresa which um here's the thing and <laughs> figure it out there is a there was a kid who had um his mole uh he had like moles in his back the shape of the the big dipper which i found to be incredibly weak Because it's like, if you're born with it, I mean, that's like, you know, it's not really a talent, you know? As opposed to, like, somebody who trains really hard to do something, as opposed to, like, something that you're born with. Which, I called that out when that kid... Entered and figure it out, which you know you have these kids who play the piano upside down and you know who can do cool flips and tricks and stuff like that. But then if you're born with something, it's like oh, it's an automatic in. So I I, have, I found that to be like a cop out, but it's still pretty funny that he has a particular mole on his butt, the shape of a you know of Mother Teresa.
2: Yeah, that that was hilarious.
1: And then of course there's poor Brandon, poor poor Brandon, trying to say, trying to think that he's weird by doing like some kind of creepy, like ooga booga dance or whatever. And it's it's sad.
2: Yeah, it's really upsetting. Um, and then when Brandon ultimately doesn't get in, it actually was pretty sad. Um, it I don't know, it bummed me out. Oh, one quick quotable line uh, from Hoodsy uh, And Carl, they're talking about who should be the chaperone because uh, they have to bring a chaperone and they do get into this competition. And Carl is like, Well, I'll be the guest, and I guess Hoodsy will have to be the chaperone. And Hoodsy goes, Well, I get carded when I try and do PG 13s. And Carl says, The boy skews young, <laughs> like saying, What are you gonna do? <laughs> so
1: funny. Hoodie is chosen by Noelle to be the chaperone because if they're under 18, they need to have an adult with them. So, in order for Hoodie to act more like an adult or sound like more of an adult, Noelle kisses him. Like, first base kisses him. And then he has, like, this sultry voice like hello, children. And Carl has just, like, this amazing look on his face like, what?
2: Yeah, it's one of those unfortunate... What I will say about this TV movie is that a lot of the plot points, it has that sort of friends type thing where all of the problems could be resolved if they talked them out for like two minutes. But that, you know, Carl's like, I don't want to hear it, you know? There's so many moments like that where it's like, no, just sit down and explain to each other. Explain why do uh, Ginger wasn't getting letters
1: from her friends. Just talk it out. It'll make sense. <laughs> and so Carl becomes incredibly jealous that Noelle is spending a lot more time with Hoodsy, because, um, you know, Hoodsy is actually treating Noelle like a person, you know? They're actually, you know, Carl has not seen her, I mean, Hoodsy's not seeing Noelle as an easy ticket to win the competition. So... He's spending- So, Noelle is spending a lot more time with Hoodsy trying to make him act like the chaperone, while Carl is pretty much the third wheel.
2: Yeah, that's true. And the dynamic between the three of them is so interesting in this movie. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I would- Yeah, really true. So- Uh, Then the news breaks out that Ginger was accepted into Avalanche Arts Academy and Miranda and Mipsy decide to throw her a goodbye party. And, you know, Ginger is like... You know she's really hesitant because she's she doesn't want to say goodbye to her friends right away, but Darren kind of convinces her to go because she's she has a lot of potential with her writing. She deserves be- you know greater things, and so she decides to go. She goes over to the party. Everybody is celebrating, and I love the gift that Courtney gives to Ginger.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's classic Courtney. She gets it. It's like. It's not a blow-up doll, right? Oh my god! No. It's not a blow up doll, right?
1: No. No, I <laughs> think... I
2: not have taken it there?
1: No, I... I <laughs> Would I mean, Courtney
2: it's... not, though?
1: no i I think that we're i mean i know that there's rumors of courtney and ginger being a thing but we haven't gotten to that point yet (laughs) no but seriously but no seriously it is an inflatable (sighs) courtney doll to have as a companion and you know ginger doesn't accept it and then she's like okay i'll take it come on courtney your 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 blouse is a bit of a mess and Uh of course she like goes crazy over it because she's courtney why not
2: They're always fashion policing each other.
1: Yeah. So Darren, Dodie, and Macy are getting punched. And then Darren, kind of like offhandedly saying that he loves Ginger. And Dodie and Macy take it like, oh, Darren, you really love her. And then Darren's like, no, no, I don't. And then when he goes outside, he thinks about it. It's like, what did you really mean when you said that? And then he starts thinking about, do I love Ginger?
2: Yeah, that, this love angle i totally bought into it's it uses a lot of cliches in really smart ways with the train station with you know the the kiss scene all of that it was just really lovely um and i'm jumping around a bit but i have one more ginger quote she's saying goodbye to her friends to go off to the school and she's like writing in her diary and says it's as if in that moment you suddenly appreciate everything about the person you're saying goodbye to all at once what a what a lovely thought
1: yes, absolutely, and because you I mean let, i mean we've we've talked about this over the past couple of months about how you know when you're in middle school and you transfer over to high school or when you're in high school, you transfer over to college or vice or whatever. Um, you don't see the same people anymore, or most likely you'll you know meet up with new people, and you'll never see the people that you went to school with, and you kind of think of in a, and you think of it in a different light about how. Um, you know, for Ginger's case in which she's known Dodie and Macy for pretty much all her life and that she's taking this next big step to going over to an academy where she'll be with completely new people. It's like a big step for her and then she appreciates what she's leaving behind, which I think is really strong. I think it's very relatable.
2: I think so too and it's done really well. I really enjoyed this whole TV movie a lot i'm not sure what the fan base consensus is but i thought it was magical
1: definitely a lot better than cam caprice but Uh, i'll agree with that but (laughs) but no seriously they do really enjoy this tv movie and uh yeah um well don't worry we'll um we'll be discussing about the other tv movies which i think in my opinion are even better so yeah, this is definitely a step up to Camp Caprice. It definitely feels like it was building up to this. Like, everything that we saw throughout the first two seasons, it builds up into this one big TV movie, and it it just pulls it off really, really well.
2: Absolutely. Oh, and can we talk about Darren's family, too? It was cool to get to see into their lives.
1: Yeah, because we don't see them very often. I mean, we do know that, you know, um we do know that Darren's father was, um, was an athlete when he was in high school. And he wants his son to be just like him because Will is an athlete and he was an athlete. So he wants Darren to be the same thing. He wants to follow in that Patterson tradition. And Darren is the sensitive, quiet type who is very romantic and a little bit of a geek. And you know, his father and his brother are the athletic types. We talked about this in Camp Caprice and a few other episodes about them. But now we really get to see a little bit more on Darren's family and how Darren confesses that he loves Ginger. And then there and then Darren's parents say, "You better tell Ginger because if you don't, you'll feel like you lose your opportunity," which I think is the anti-advice that Helga has from Hey Arnold in which she feels like she's not ready to tell them and she wants to wait until she's ready so yeah i think this is actually a real this is like the complete opposite in which darren feels like he has to that darren has to tell ginger otherwise she'll lose you know he'll lose an opportunity forever which i think is actually pretty interesting yeah that's a great i hadn't even
2: thought of connecting it to that uh to that quote because yeah sometimes there are crushes that you shouldn't have and you shouldn't tell them and then there are crushes where You know, you got to fess up and see what happens. So it's uh, some great continuity there in a way, you know, tracing through the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, we built it up in the first two seasons. We had Dare I Darren from season one, and we had Never Can Say Goodbye from season two, in Uh which (laughs) we had Dare I Darren in which Ginger starts developing the crush ever since she had the dream, and then season two, in which Darren gets his headgear removed, and then that's when Miranda starts having a crush on Darren, and Ginger starts feeling a little bit left out. So I, I once again, I felt like this was building up to it.
2: Yeah, for sure. It totally makes sense. I think they're really cute. And yeah, the, just the whole train scene was one of the cutest moments in the show when he runs up to the conductor, you know, and he's saying, what do I do? He's running alongside the train. There's this girl I like and I have to tell her and he's like, hop on. <laughs> what? A, what! And then the continuity where after he kisses Ginger, he gets back on the train and the conductor is saying, is that the girl? <laughs>
1: yeah. And also we get another appearance from Dwayne in this episode.
2: Yes, I know, I was so excited. You know how much I love Dwayne.
1: Yeah, so we have Dwayne, and he's um uh, telling him about the same situation, and he kind of, like, offhandedly gives him that advice, um, you know, of telling her. And, you know, and of course, you know, you always gotta love Dwayne.
2: Of course. He's, like, so obviously a stoner in a kid's show, too. <laughs> Which is just really funny to me.
1: Yeah, that's true. So... Yeah, uh, and then uh, let's see. Then we go over to Ginger. So we see Ginger's experience at Avalanche Arts Academy. She has a roommate named Thea, who in reality is actually um, Mitzi, who is Mipsy's cousin. And she tries to make her feel incredibly welcome, trying to say, like, Avalanche Arts Academy is a great school. You'll fit right in. You're a great writer. And Ginger, the more she stays at the school, she meets up with a whole bunch of friends. You know, the more that she feels really comfortable and she even dyes her hair too. She dyes her hair pink with a blue streak on it, which I thought was actually really cool. I mean, with the exception of Courtney for um, you know, f- uh, for uh for and she was gone, uh, you know, we actually see an um, you know, another character dye their hair, which is actually pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that was cool, and I I love that look. Actually, I know she might have done it for the wrong reasons, but I actually think it's a great look for
1: her. Yeah, I do think so too. You know, uh, kind of like um, you know, like the pink, stre- uh, you know, the pink hair with the, with the blue uh streak on it. I thought it was a really nice look. And then when um, you know, when Ginger and her friends are at the fire, uh, um, you know, at the the campfire outside, uh, Darren goes over to Ginger and confesses that you know he wants her to come back, and uh ginger's like no i'm not gonna come back i feel i feel like i belong here and then he even goes up to her and says like you know i guess your hair's not the only thing that's changed it's like wow that's some real stuff man
2: yeah that was pretty pretty heavy
1: all right uh so yeah let's go over to back to Carlin and Hoodzie's plot so um you know hoodsy has really gotten the the chaperone um you know put uh, up you know the chaperone part done really well Noel and uh Carl um, they're not speaking to one another, and they unfortunately miss the bus, and they try to stop it, so they decided they have to walk all the way over there, and they feel—I I feel like their friendship is put on the line when they feel like—when they're, like, stranded in the middle of nowhere to try to get to the competition. With Carl, all he's thinking about is that competition, and Noelle says that she loves Carl, and that she cares for him, and, you know, Carl is, like, opening his eyes to thinking that this competition doesn't really matter— it matters about friendship and that somebody who's weird and quirky really likes him. It's like that's that that that's just, just great because you know again bill going into And she was gone and the fact that Noel was built up to be a background character throughout this time we do get to really see the layers open up and it feels like everything that um the you know the the episodes were building up to is like coming into fruition with um, both of the plots actually both of the plots feel like they're really coming into the um, you know the full uh to their full bloom
2: absolutely yeah I thought it's another one of those moments where I. It's like both plots are equally good, which is pretty hard to pull off.
1: Yeah, because, you know, throughout the series, we're either leaning towards one or the other. But no, both of the plots here are consistently good. And they've been consistently building up to this point in time. So... Uh yeah, I guess we now we can go over to when Ginger and Darren see each other for the second time and that's when Darren confesses his love for Ginger and they have that kiss with one another which I thought that was a really strong moment again building up to it and you just really feel for them. This is de- this is the crush that I feel was definitely earned for both Ginger and Darren.
2: Yep. And I think Explodey would be pretty jealous. <laughs> <laughs> that, it, that darren got that kiss
1: i mean don't don't get me wrong poopy did get the kiss but it ended up with the world being exploded
2: right oh sorry i mean poopy how how could i get them mixed up <laughs>
1: but yeah poopy did get the kiss from exploding yeah. it, it just caught co- I mean, the only problem was is that it caused the world to explode so yeah eh, you know well who cares? whatever yeah whatever <laughs>
2: That's funny. No, it's a a really nice moment, and Ginger does her classic blush. uh, And they just make sense. It just seems like it would be easy for them, which is how relationships are supposed to be, uh, which is really great. And can we talk about the older Mipson and the fact that Mipsy is a nickname for the last name, which I just never pieced together? It is revealed that Ginger's roommate is actually Mipsy's sister and... Oh, cousin! That's right. Okay. Regardless, I had always thought Mipsy was some nickname based on the first name. Maybe I missed a key line or something. but In
1: the episode uh, Sleep On It, her real name is Melissa Mipson, but her, uh, friend, but her friends call her Mipsy.
2: I missed that, I guess. But it was cool that, you know, they had this sort of family thing going on. And even uh, the cousin Mipsy says like oh sorry ginger's like so our whole friendship was a lie and she goes oh it's kind of harsh when you put it that way she goes but hey i kind of took a liking to you by the end and i I thought that was kind of a nice moment that she was like i just wanted to get paid (laughs) yeah i mean
1: mitzi could have been a really cool character if you know she wasn't carrying out that lie and the fact that she wasn't paid by mipsy but you know um yeah, I mean, for for what for what um, for what Thea or Mitz Mips uh, or Mitzi was, I thought that she was pretty cool, and you know we we do get an, another nice introduction to another family member that's not um, either Ginger, Dodie, or Macy. So that's actually pretty cool. For sure, for sure. All right, so I guess the episode ends with uh, Ginger deciding to come back to um you know d- d- uh, you know Ginger decides that she is gonna actually stay for just that one semester at Avalanche Arts Academy she's not gonna go stay full time and um everybody's just really happy about it and you know there's a lot of build up to a lot of relationships with Ginger and Daring, Carl and Noel so yeah there. Th- that's it, it, I think it ends in a really nice note so let's give our ranking of yay nay or mess so why don't you start us off Casey
2: This one's an easy yay from me. I think it uh, does a lot, and it's an interesting concept. It gets us away from their usual school for a while. I always love when we get to see a new setting, like in Lunatic Lake, or even Camp Caprice. It's nice to just get a break from the ordinary, because it's exciting for the characters, it's exciting for us. I loved both plots. Carl calling Noelle his girlfriend is just one of my favorite moments in the show. It's really cute. And then, of course, ends with, you know, Hoodsy's getting checked out by some kids. And he walks over, and, you know, nice and suave, he goes, Hello, children. (laughs) So ridiculous. But... Yeah, it's a yay for me.
1: Yeah, as for me, I do give it a yay as well. Finally, the first yay in weeks. I know, oh my god. Uh, this TV movie is great. Definitely a huge improvement over Summer of Camp Caprice. I I know I'm repeating a whole bunch of stuff that I've said over the past couple of minutes, but it does really feel like... It's a continuation of what the series has been built up um, and just basically culminating together as one, the relationship with Ginger and Darren, the relationship with Carlin Noel. We get to see the characters grow. We get to see a different setting. We get to see different perspectives. It's just an overall good TV movie. So yeah, definitely a nice way to kickstart season three. Unfortunately, next week is going to be an episode that many people have been warning us about. Yeah, this is one of those episodes that they claim is the worst episode of *As Told by Ginger*. So Uh. tune in. So tune in next week as we're going to be discussing about episode forty-four, *Wicked Game*. Hope to see you around soon, and thank you for listening.